Presented by the Evangelism Department of the North American Mission Board. This is Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. The podcast to help pastors be on mission in their local community. Here's your host, Joel Sutherland. Welcome to the Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. Gospel conversations are vitally important to the evangelism engine of the local church. Now, Pastor, you should preach the gospel every Sunday from the pulpit, and you should have events that preach the gospel. But nothing spreads faster than when than when the people in your church are out in their everyday world having gospel conversations. That's important because they they will have encounters with people that you as the pastor will never have the opportunity to meet. They can multiply gospel conversations. If you've got 200 people in your church, that's the potential for hundreds of gospel conversations a week, where as you as pastor, you could have several at the most. Their testimony can be more powerful than yours as a pastor. I like to joke and say, you know, we're, we're paid professionals after all. You know, we're, we're I'm a professional Christian. I get paid to be a Christian, uh, you know, and so sometimes our testimonies are not as powerful as the person who's out in the everyday world. And the truth is, your members are commanded to share the gospel the same as you are commanded to share the gospel. However, most Christians need help. They need training. They need coaching. They need practice to help them feel equipped and, and really help them feel confident to share their faith and just to have a gospel conversation. But one of the leading pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention, when it comes to having your people have gospel conversations, is Jimmy Scroggins, who's at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. He's the author of the Three Circles uh, Witnessing Guide that we use here at the North American Mission Board. And I want us to listen to this clip by Pastor Jimmy, where he talks about training your congregation to share their faith. Okay, I want you to take this piece of paper. I want you to go home this afternoon after you finish working out. And I want you to get your mom when she gets home from work and your little brother. And I want you to share this with them tonight. I'll be doggone if Swayze doesn't go do it and his little brother repents and believes that night. Swayze never been to church before. So that Sunday, Swayze brings his brother to church. It's their first time coming to church. Before Swayze's ever been to church, he's led somebody to Christ. Amen. Don't you think about that? All right, so, so then we go out and they go through the class that we have to do, and we go through everything. They go to the First Connection class, the baptism class. They get out in the beach we're out there and we're going to baptize Swayze. So Swayze comes out and Brent, our attorney, who's never led anybody to Christ before. This is his first time. His first time. I mean, Brent is not a born evangelist. He thinks he's a little embarrassed about the whole thing, okay? But he did it. Brent goes out there in the water and gets to baptize his new friend Swayze in the beach. And they cheer. And then Swayze and Brent baptize Swayze's little brother. In the same day, okay, now you say, well, that's just crazy. Those guys are broken. They're still messed up. No joke. All of them are. Do you think this does not fix everything, okay? But it does help people begin to recover and pursue God's design because what you have to understand is 
God is not asking for anybody to roll back the clock or change the past. God does not ask you to change your past because no one can change your past. Your past is, is, is already done. But what God wants us to do is receive the gospel and begin a relationship with him so that we can recover and pursue his son the best we can from right here, right now. Right? And that's what we're trying to do. So when we're doing that, and we want to train people again, I can't tell you the importance of training. Now, the North American Mission Board is putting this kit together. It's going to be at your state conventions this fall. You'll see it. There's a little book in there. There's some training videos. There's some materials. There's a, there's a trainer's guide. There's a leader's guide. But it's all very simple materials. Anybody could do it. And I'd encourage you to consider making use of it in your church. And again, hear me on this. I do not make a dime if you use it or if you don't use it, okay? I, think, I believe the North American Mission Board is, is, is supplying it all at their cost or at, at printing cost or something. But, but I mean, it is, I mean, it is, this is, I'm not promoting something that helps me make money. I'm just telling you this is a way to do it. And guys, let me just kind of close up with this. Um, if you're a senior pastor, I've said it three times yesterday, I'm saying it again. You really are the evangelism director at your church. You really are. And I don't mean that you have to run the class. Okay, I don't mean that you have to do all the training personally. But what I'm saying is, you really are the evangelism director of your church. And if you're a senior pastor, I'm a senior pastor, we have to take responsibility, guys. We have to take personal responsibility because the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that we are accountable for the souls of the people in our flock. And one of the things we're accountable for is to do the first thing Jesus said to do, and that is to go and make disciples. I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Smith. Scott, Jimmy is right on target on this idea of training, isn't he? Yeah, he, he, he really is. And, you know, I think you can kind of pick this up reading between the lines. It actually takes very little. I mean, it doesn't take a big elaborate training. I think his three circles model, which I, I love the fact that, that he's like, I don't really care what you use, just use something. Mm-hmm. But his three circles model is actually uh, a great example, you know, of an evangelism training that you can do in one service or one, one session um, and, and bring people a long way forward in, in their ability to, to win somebody to Jesus. So it doesn't take a lot, but it does take something. You've got to make a decision to be intentional about training. And I think that's the the first domino. That's the key. Yeah, I think we kind of assume that, and this is true, I say this, that our people, if if they if they are followers of Jesus, if they are believers, they have some idea how to share their faith. Like if you trusted Christ, you kind of know how to help somebody else. But but the fact is, um, that's just not good enough. And people just don't feel equipped. We're not going to remove the anxiety over having a gospel conversation unless we do some, some real training with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I think, I think we need to, to kind of carry a paradigm of, of on this topic and this issue of solving it in our church of understanding that, that it does start with the pastor. Now, now he made a, a point and I think it needs to be made often. And you've made this point, we know we're the professionals but I, I, we find that in the top baptizing churches across the nation that the pastor is single-minded on evangelism to the point that he's not just leading people to Jesus from the pulpit on Sunday. He's doing it through the week mm-hmm. as well. So he is modeling it. But also, you know, he's celebrating it. He's acknowledging it. He's recognizing it when his people lead somebody to Jesus or even make an attempt 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, J- John was telling me this week, you know, that he was uh, sharing the Lord with with his boss and in a great conversation they had. And maybe his boss didn't come to Jesus, but just to be able to tell that story about people that are the average people, the John Doe's out there that are that are making gospel attempts, having gospel conversations is something to celebrate just to get people to that point. But I think I think the key, Joel, is not targeting their ignorance. Like people don't know how to share their faith, so we need to offer training so they'll know how to share their faith. I think until you address the fear, because I think that's the biggest barrier, you're not going to see those results. So understand your people don't doubt the gospel's ability to win people to Jesus. They doubt themselves. Right. And so a lot of our training is designed ultimately either directly or indirectly to resolve that sense of inadequacy, that sense of fear, that sense of, you know, and all the things they are afraid of, you know, rejection, being misunderstood, people asking questions that they don't know how to answer, things like that. You know, your training is there to target that barrier, uh, uh, even above their their, for lack of a better word, their ignorance on this. Well, and I think that the the change in nomenclature is important to talk about there that, you know, Alvin Reed says we have moved from the day of the gospel presentation into the day of the gospel conversation. I think that alleviates a little fear in, in, in my heart when I hear, well, I don't have to give a canned presentation where I'm trying to get every, every dot, every I and cross every T I'm trying to get into a gospel conversation with someone and a conversation is just that it's a conversation. It doesn't have to come to a conclusion today though, or in this moment, the way a presentation would, it, it can be ongoing over time because people are, you know, uh, they know less about God today than, than they ever have, it seems, in American history, at least, that's for sure. And so having this gospel conversation and just changing the nomenclature a little bit, uh, yeah, you're going to give a presentation in there somewhere, but just understand uh, the starting point anymore in this age is not necessarily uh, hey, if you were to die today, do you know where you'd spend eternity? Or uh, can I tell you what the Bible says about that? that so, sometimes there's just, you have to kind of get into some uh, low-level conversations in this subject so that church members can move into that uh, gospel conversation. Yeah, we, we've often talked about it. It starts further back now. It's, you know, the, the, the first question in a conversation with your neighbor or your coworker you know, maybe do, you know, what are your spiritual beliefs? You know, something far more, well, vague, quite frankly, uh, right. you know, it doesn't even start with God or the Bible or Jesus, you know, you will get there, but, but it doesn't start there because of where we are in the culture. But those are the co- kinds of conversations and they don't have to be intimidating. And we know from working with people and pastors who are listening to this right now, know they've worked with people who once they got started in personal evangelism, all those fears finally begin to evaporate as they learned how to handle those different situations in those different conversations. But I think just just getting the first domino kicked over is the hardest part, just getting people engaged uh, to have those. But it, but but a training of some sort is is uh, scheduled. Uh, mm. A scheduled training is the first, really the first next step, the first next logical step in making it happen. Yeah, so... And one of the things when we did the research on top evangelistic churches is, uh, you know, on average, they train their church how to share their faith two to four times per year. Now, if you listen to Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't have, you know, these two times per year. He's building it into the DNA of everything they do at their church. 
you know, uh, on how to share their faith, which I think is a better method. But for a pastor who's just getting started, you definitely, to get to that DNA level, you've got to start building, you've got to start somewhere with, okay, now I'm going to train my people how to share their faith and here's how I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the key there is just, you know, just getting it on the calendar at some point. Now I like the DNA idea. I like the idea. I think it is a better way. And it actually, that reflects the other consistent theme that you've run across in the research. And that is single-minded pastors, you know, lead evangelistic churches. So naturally a a pastor who's single-minded on evangelism, he's going to do a better job overall of making sure that, that the evangelism training is spread throughout the life of the church. But, you know, I was having a pa- uh, lunch with a pastor. <laughs> I was having a pastor for lunch. Uh, that happens, <laughs> that happens every Sunday afternoon, uh, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I was having a uh, pa- uh, you know, lunch with a pastor a couple of days ago and he was asking this question, how do I start personal evangelism training? We've not done anything. And so I, the simple advice I give on starting is, First, in the first half of the year, do one thing. In the second half of the year, do something else and do them very differently. Meaning the first half of the year, you may take a Sunday morning sermon time and actually do the training during that. That way you're exposing all of your people or the ones that attend that Sunday to a simple training like three circles, something you can teach in 40 minutes uh, or less. And you can combine that with like a little sermonette devotion type leading up to the training where you launch from a text and then go into the gospel. And what's interesting about that is you'll actually see some people saved that Sunday, probably as you break down the three circles, you go through the PowerPoints, you explain how it works. You'll, you'll have some people hear the gospel there and, and, and and come to Christ that day. And you may want to do that on the heels of two or three Sundays where you preach on evangelism. But then the second half of the year, you know, pick the bigger box, so to speak, pick something that may be a six week training like CWT or faith or whatever you've used before, or whatever you like. And by the way, it doesn't matter. We find that there is no consistent choice of evangelism training in any given church that's a top baptizing church. It's just that they offer it and they offer it regularly and they become very good at one method. So then you're going to have fewer attend to that longer course, but but you're going to also by announcing it every year or or even twice a year that you're doing that, you're you're sending the message that this is part of our DNA. We train our people to share their faith. And if you want to share your faith and be an obedient Christian, there's an opportunity to learn how to do that. Yeah. So I think that's great. I know there's some pastors thinking, wait, Scott, you said do training on Sunday morning as part of a sermon series, but at the church I'm at, I did that back in the summer. I did a sermon series called share and I preached through the three circles. And on the fourth Sunday, I literally, well, I had the glass board on, I drew one circle every Sunday uh, but on uh, the fourth Sunday, I just erased this huge glass board and went through a three circles presentation. And I, you know, I, I hadn't necessarily ever done that before on a Sunday morning. And I was a little worried about, you know, it's not a sermon sermon. How are people going to react? And it was one of the most popular things I have ever done. I got more comments off people saying, Thank, and I put a napkin in everybody's seat and, and just said, hey, you draw along with me and then had them practice. People love that. They they know that they should be sharing their faith, but they just mm-hmm. don't know how sometimes. And for you to do actual training on a Sunday morning, it reinforces how important sharing your faith and having gospel conversations really is. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. I mean, if, if we say we're about evangelism and then we look across the year at our church when our large group is right. gathered, when we have corporate worship, and there's never any how-to, there's never any steps or tools given, uh, you know, that, that sends a message yes. that we're about attendance or we're about discipleship, which is true, or we're about, you know, families and all the other things we talk about that we emphasize in church. But if we talk about we are here as a gospel outpost to reach this community or this region, even for Jesus, but we never get down to brass tacks when the large group is gathered, then then it will it something's missing there. And I think you can't lose anything by offering a training on Sunday morning during the message somehow, giving some really some really clear steps and tools. Yeah, so Scott, something you say that I I really love is people need to see a real face to get motivated. And what are some ways you've seen churches kind of put a real face to somebody you need to share the gospel with? Well, yeah, I think, you know, I think our first thought is often if we're going to do anything evangelistic, we got to lead with a sermon or sermon series, which is true. But I think the second way to raise the evangelism temperature, as um, as Kevin Harney puts it, to raise the evangelism temperature in your church is to get people praying for lost people. So, so maybe you want to end a sermon series uh, with asking people to write down five or 10 names to pray for for the next 12 months that are lost. What happens is people begin to pray about specific people who they want to come to, they want to see come to Christ. And that puts a face. You know, when we say we need to win our community for Jesus, well, that's broad, that's corporate. We don't have faces in mind. But when somebody's thinking Jim is lost and I, I want to see him come to Jesus. Michelle is lost mm-hmm. and I want to see her come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That really puts a burden on our heart, not just for those people we're praying for, but for other people, individuals, we begin to see faces and it becomes personal. And uh, normally we, they, you know, people praying for lost people, they have some kind of personal connection with the person that they're praying for. So it makes it real. And I think, I think that's one of the best things and the simplest things you can do to get people really interested in personal evangelism is by getting them to pray personally for people by name. Yeah. If we can turn the conversation from instead of witnessing to them to witnessing to him, Mm. then people have attached a face, a name to someone who needs Jesus. And that really changes the whole dynamic. I think. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the big question, Scott, we always get asked, what box do I start with? Well, I think the big takeaway from this has been very clear between Jimmy and what we're saying, you know, is really don't worry about it. As a matter of fact, I would say don't even worry about the box until you've scheduled evangelism training, then go pick the box. Um, you know, there's something you've probably used in the past. That would be a first choice if you like what you if you if you've used faith, then go with faith. If you've used grow, then go with grow. There's some buddies that you've got or even mentors, they can give suggestions. But I think the key thing, and I've, I've, you know, we've had these conversations, Joel, more and more we're finding that guys just don't jump around from box to box. Yeah. They pick a method and they get really good at that method. Yep. And don't get hung up on, you know, what's the be- best box. It, it, look, all of them lead people to Jesus, right? At the end of the day, we're trying to lead people to Jesus. Here's what I, you know, the culture, the DNA of your church better than anyone does. Pastor, you, you pick the one that fits the culture of your church, not your, not your own personal preference, but what fits the culture of the people who are sitting in your pews? What are they most likely to engage with and use and just use that one? 
You just keep teaching that one over and over again as much as you can. And like Jimmy says, build it into the DNA. And I think you'll see results uh, by doing that. You will. You will. For sure. And so let me just say, let me do a shameless commercial here at the North American Mission Board. We've got uh, three circles and we have a three circles kit. It's a it's a pastor's box that guides you through how to do three weeks. It has small group lessons with it that you can use in Sunday school. It has sermon starter ideas. It's got videos. It's got a lot of things that you can do. It's all in a thumb drive. We give it all away. Uh, and so you can go to the NAM store uh, and just order three circles uh, straight from the NAM store. You can go to nam.net slash three circles, find all of that there as well as some other online help. Coming up the end of this year, it's probably going to be ready about mid-November. John Metter, who pastors First Baptist Church, Euless, Texas, who was the president of the Pastors Conference uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we've partnered with him. He's got a ministry called One Conversation, but we have put together a three-week evangelism kit called Live This, which was the theme of the Pastors Conference. And it's an evangelism kit. And it uh, takes your church through three weeks, small group lessons, small group videos, uh, a sermon for the pastor, uh, you know, to uh, preach in front of the church. Uh, there's a video of David Platt explaining the gospel uh, that you can use at your church. And so that's another kit that we've developed uh, in partnership with John Metter that will be coming out mid-November. By the end of this year, you'll start hearing about it for sure. And so I encourage you to check that out. It, both those are affordable enough that you could uh, purchase both. We sell those at cost. You could purchase both and determine which one you know you think your church uh, would like better. And while we're on the conversation of, uh, while we're on the topic of com gospel conversations, uh, let me again point you to gcchallenge.com. That is where you can go, and we're we're asking churches to make a pledge for gospel conversations in 2018. A million pledges is what we're asking for. And you can go and make a pledge on behalf of your church pastor at gcchallenge.com. On there, you'll find resources that'll help you lead your church into gospel conversations. And go check that out. Make a pledge. Challenge your church to have those gospel conversations. And you'll see a big difference in the life of your church. Thanks for listening to Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. To find out more about leading your church on mission, be sure and check out the blog, www.namb.net forward slash your church on mission to send in a comment or question email it to evangelism at namb.net